I'm always conscious of what's going on, whether people are jumping out of the balcony or getting on stage. or The worst is those guys, they come out of the crowd, whoever, and, and they step all over those guys' pedals and everything, and it totally derails the whole train. Drums are the best. Blast beats are even better. Dave Whitty is better than all of them. Welcome to Worst Gig Ever. This is your host, Jeff Garlock, and this is Revolver's podcast where we talk to musicians about how terrible it is to be in a band, be on tour. And today we've got Dave Whitty from every band ever. Uh, Municipal Waste, Discordance Axis, Publicist UK, Human Remains, I Abhor Her. Major Burns. Yep, I'm doing a call out to Major Burns. And the list goes on and on. And uh, he was great. He's got amazing stories uh, and uh, answers a lot of real fanboy stuff for me because I've been a big fan since I was a child, a young man. So I hope you keep on listening because you're going to lose out if you don't. And you also lose out if you don't listen to all of our other episodes. Uh, that we've got in the Revolver back catalog and on worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com. Over a hundred of them. Catch up. And for now, Dave Whitty. Rototoms. Usually we start this uh, with a worst gig uh, that you've got. Anything. Can be anything. Could be shows. Could be now, back in the day. Could be a bad job. Could be any type of worst gig to you when you first hear those words. Worst gig? It's Whenever I hear what's the worst gig, I have to calm my brain and actually think about it and sure. look for something like that because I, nothing really stands out. And so I had to go back and, and I, come, uh-huh. I came up with a few things. But in, they're not really worse, though, as in tragic or anything sure. like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so no one needs to die. Yeah, like I've fallen off the drum riser and the seat through the <laughs> hole and all that Definitely. stuff. Hit with... I've been hit with every possible thing you could ever think of from the crowd. Right. And I actually wear contacts now because when I first joined the band, I, I wore glasses sure. and, they, and they were knocked off every night. I mean, Cones, I beer cans, you name it. Yeah. Everything in the face and dodging <laughs> stuff. Tony's really good at catching stuff before it hits me most Which of the time. Which is nice. He's yeah. defense. Yeah, yeah. He's, those, guys, those guys have to put up with a lot of shit. Yeah. Dude, can I say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they have to deal with the people getting on stage. I'm sure. And wrestling with them and fending them off. Right. And I'm just sitting there behind my, you know, my little fortress. Right. And I get to see everything. That's the best part. Right. The world's worst stage dives, you know, right. everything. People jumping out of a balcony. And I'm just like, oh, my God, that guy's not going to make it. Right. It's, it's, At the very least, you've got the stage where, like, it's not like playing on the floor anymore where everyone's trying to attack. So. Uh, yeah, that was something else, too. I would have to move my drums, like, set them back up constantly. Right. And then there was this place, Burnt, burnt Ramen. Do you remember that place in, yeah. in, in uh, Richmond? Yeah. California. That one, is that the one above the, the, was it upstairs? Or am I thinking of a different one? No. It was, okay. it was like in, in some ghetto in Richmond, California, right. kind of near Oakland. Yeah. And I, I remember some guy getting on the drum set. It wasn't my drum set. <laughs> I think it was Annihilation Times drum set. And like getting on and jumping off. And I'd have to fucking reset the thing up. You know, it yeah. would move all over the place. And I think it was the third or fourth time, and I remember he got up there, and he 
like there was it was a guitar break, so I wasn't playing. So I whacked him in the back with my drumstick as hard as I could. <laughs> I de I definitely broke skin. There's no Perfect. way I, I couldn't have. And he didn't come back. Perfect. So it was a victory for me. Right. I remember that I I'm stealing a story a bit, but it was uh, I had, we used to, my singer used to do of Orchid and Panthers used to do shows in his loft. I don't know if you remember Olneyville Sound System. They were yeah. like from the Rhode Island world, so it was like from the, like the Lightning Bowl, like kind of like art world. But either way, the drummer was like this kickboxer, <laughs> and instead of like putting a block on the ground, he had like a piece of wood he would nail into the ground. <laughs> It's so like they were in their loft, and Jay was just like, he's sitting there, he's like, I don't know if you want to do that, but like, he was like, he kind of looked at the guy, and he's got like covered in tattoos, like, I'm going to let you just nail it into my floor, because he was just like, <laughs> fuck it, like, I'm not going to have this thing move, because like, that's right. always the thing, is like, drum sets, like, just like, oh, yeah. moving around, like, you're on like a little train set the whole show. Yeah, I just got a new carpet. Yeah. Because it's like running away from me. It <laughs> right. felt like I was on a magic carpet. Right. Wherever I put it down, it would still go all over the place, and right. it's the worst. What do you, you have defense from them throwing stuff at you now, but like, do you, do you have that in the back of your brain while you're playing? Oh so yeah, I, can, I see everything. Yeah. I'm always conscious of what's going on, whether people are jumping out of the balcony or getting on stage or, the worst is those guys, they come out of the crowd, whoever, and, and they step all over those guys' pedals mm -hmm. and everything, and it totally derails the whole train. Right. So I see that coming, but I really, it's hard to really convey a message like, hey, watch out, that guy's coming <laughs> right. while everybody's going for it. Right. You know, but I see it all. Yeah. And sometimes they're quick to react and, you know, they defuse the bomb. It was always the hardest when you were, when, like, back and, like, punked it. Like, because, like, I, I would get pushed out of the way to get to the singer so they could sing along. But yeah. in my mind, I was always like, but if you knock out my pedals... And you knock over the drum set. Yeah, you're going to stop the show. Happening. Yeah. It's just like a normal A equals B equation. At a they, don't, they don't get it. No. It was just like constantly <laughs> just crap. Like I would feel that moment of just getting pushed backwards while they stepped, turned off my pedal. I'm just like, this isn't going to happen, man. <laughs> no. What do, do you, looking back on like back in the day show, I mean, is part of it that it's hard to, is part of it is hard to kind of like weed through what are the worst things because you've, done so many at this point. I mean, you've been in so many bands. Yeah. I, and had so many shows where they all kind of semi-blur together. There's so many different experiences because I've played with so many different people right. and so many unique personalities. Right. The whole Mel Banana thing was a whole other mm -hmm. set of, you know, learning experiences. Right. Like, first time out of the country, four Japanese people, two German people, and myself, and the 10-week tour, like, <laughs> before the EU. And right. It was like a crash course and everything. 9-11 <laughs> happened while we were there. Insane. Well, I was learning songs. So, right. so that was a really heavy trip. Right. Learned a lot real quick. Yeah. <laughs> it, I would what never, was it like being over there? Because like, like, I know what it was like here. It was obviously. weird. I felt like I had to hide myself and right. not talk, you know, speak English at some points. Right, right. That's what they were. we were told to do. Right. Oh, you know? like who told? Like, you like, were that, like the government was saying it's for, uh, you know, U.S. citizens traveling. Oh, wow. Yeah, you shouldn't really speak English in, in, in public or something like that. But it was probably just like fear, propaganda, yes. and all, all that crap. Things. You know what yeah. I mean? Did Usually you have any struggles getting back? No, but my friend did. He was detained for a few days. Oh, really? But when the tour was finished, we are all sitting in the airport, and everyone, it was really crappy. Right. Because every, whoever walked in the room, everybody in the waiting room would be like, to see what type of person was you know everyone was freaked out that right. someone was going to get on the plane and fit the description sure you know what i mean yeah so that was on everybody's mind and it was the first time i saw 
people with you know machine guns at the airport right walking around it's like it, it's great because it's like even just that I mean that's a different type of worst gig but that feeling of being stuck always stressed me out on tours yeah. like and that is like to me is like the ultimate one where you just like I would assume would have had at least some moment of just like oh uh-oh, yeah. <laughs> like where am I going to go? Like uh, I would have enough problems when we didn't really have cell phones and like all that stuff, but like in another country it would be like my panic attack would like be coming on strong. Yep, and, and these days when we get to a show, especially in Europe, like I sit down behind the drums and I kind of make a map right. of where I can get out if, yeah. I, if I need to. It's, sure. It sucks that you got to think about that now, but it's a possibility. Yeah. I you you got to be ready for whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is that, like, you, we had that, even at, like, teaching sketch comedy, like, the other day we had, like, where I was like, oh, right, we should figure out what to do if someone gets a note they don't like yeah. or some shit. Uh, like, someone was, and they were, like, just like, oh, throw the table up. <laughs> I was like, already <laughs> this plan sounds terrible. <laughs> I think I'm going to die right away. Uh, you mentioned playing in so many different styles. I mean, you mentioned Muppin' It, but, like, that is, it's like a, it's a big thing I think about as, old man still playing music and uh also just like you know the 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 idea of scenes and like that scenes just kind of don't exist but in my mind like you know you've been in just like i've been in a bunch like i was in the fucking the quote-unquote screamo scene and then the brooklyn rock explosion all that bullshit at the time i'm just like okay like i don't know if it's an actual scene like and in my mind i'm always like oh yeah like you've been through power violence like existing as a thing yeah and and to me like new jersey as a thing like you know just like it there was a certain point in high school like i would just be like yeah like you know that certain point where you could just be like bands from jersey will probably sound like this bands from san diego sound like this yep. which doesn't exist anymore as much as it does but like at the time did it feel like that especially with jersey did it feel like we are in this kind of like it was weird human remains was the first thing i did right and it, that was like such a weird trip because <laughs> we were my favorite quote like that I made up for that is that we had no idea what we were doing before anybody else <laughs> right because that's pretty much what it was right we were taking so many chances and no one got it right years later people like that now sure they like we were kind of ahead of the time but we would get always get these mixed till towards the end when we started branching out even more we, we were constantly on mixed bills right a lot of hardcore shows yeah the mouthpiece and yep. you know uh, Ensign yeah all that stuff they were our homies yeah but One King Down was like one of my favorite shows when we played this place I, th- I think it was called the QE2 in Albany uh, yeah I remember long that. time ago and, and I'd, somehow we ended up on their record release show and it was packed sure packed to the point where you had to like push your way through the room to go to the bathroom right. like it was a pain in the ass it was a process right and we played and that room was full of people, and there it was absolute silence in between every song. Right. Just nothing. No claps, nothing. Right. Like I, we're we're so freaked out, we're like we kind of raced through everything. Right. We were like super uncomfortable, and it was our first time playing something like that. Yeah. I mean, like, also that's also you just said all, like one king down in Albany for the record release. Yeah. It's like it was the like biggest the biggest mosh show I could imagine. Yeah, it was the ultimate rocket ship over everyone's head. Right. And we, we get done. And, and to, to cap it off, my favorite part is um, I go to the bathroom afterwards, and there's these two guys next to me. And I overhear the one guy go, "Hey, man, what do you think about that band?" And the other guy goes, 
I don't know. I, I think they were good, but I'm not sure. It <laughs> <laughs> <Which, laughs> basically it, just also gave when I would made me make, laugh. Yeah, I would make fun of Ebullition, like Z, uh -huh. like when they would review stuff, because every review was that. Uh -huh. Was like, I don't know, it's not my thing. Yeah. If you like this, you might like it. <laughs> Which was like, yeah, I guess that's words you put down, but that is like that. That guy also basically might as well have said they're having a lot of fun up there. Like, looks like they're enjoying themselves. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think they were good. <laughs> but also, weirdly, that guy was admitting, I might be dumb. <laughs> like, I just might not get it. I am kind of at a One King Town record release show. But we were weirdos, though, because we would go play all the death metal shows, and we'd show up with, like, fucking jams and striped shirts on and right. shit and everyone would have like all black on boots leather jackets and long right. hair we all had shaved heads except yeah. except for one guy who had hair down past his knees right so like you know we'd walk in and everybody would be like look at these clowns right and then we'd get up there and play and you know they wouldn't say that afterwards well because that also like when <laughs> it was i kind of funny your drumming style like you're what one of the reasons you've always been one of my favorite drummer is that like you it feels like you you write drum patterns like they're riffs, which doesn't happen that often. So like, like I, there would be parts in like uh, Human Remains, Discordance, That's all I Bore Her that I would like look forward to. Like I still bother my wife, like she doesn't know what I'm doing, but like uh, Weeding Out the Thorns, mm -hmm. that like middle part, I kind of just sit there when I'm like anxious and do like da 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 like, but we're like, I always th I, I think about that a lot with like death metal and like just metal in general. But like it's so much work that you're putting in for possibly a very limited it was, audience. Like like where it, like I, I listen to Human Remains or I listen to like you know and Discordance where I just be like I know the audience that's going yeah. to like I we didn't care about the same thirty <laughs> people shows. Yeah, like Nobody yeah, there. did you just not give a fuck? No, we wrote that shit for us. Right. If people liked it, cool. <laughs> right. You know, we didn't care. Right. We just wanted we want we just wanted to do what we wanted to do and have fun doing it and right. challenge ourselves. Right. That's everything I did early in New Jersey. That was what it was all about. Right. But and we wanted to be faster than anybody. Yeah. That was like the big thing. Fucking fast as shit. Well, it's also good because you were like the master. You still are the master of like the quiet fast blasts. Yeah. Like those are the parts I would look forward to in human debates. So when <laughs> I first got the record, like they're just like where I'm just like they're kind of just going da -da 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 -da, and then you're but it's like almost backbeat. Well that was doing. the thing, yeah. We, we both human remains and discordant taxes later on, we realized that oh yeah, you know, the guitar doesn't have to be going as fast as the drums. Right. It and really if you can build off that I've heard that. Like, yeah, it's, it's like listen, a like listening to discordance where I was like, oh he's He's letting a single chord ring out. It's and more I've powerful. It, like, I just heard it as the unit. Yeah. Always. Uh, it's weirdly almost like my first favorite band was Primus. Like, when I first got into music. Amazing. Yeah. I've seen them fast. And I just didn't think, I didn't know anything about music when I listened to them in junior high. So, like, then all of a sudden I was like, oh, that's like a double kick part. Even those little bits where I was like, oh, he's using like a roto tom there. Yeah. Herb like, was one of the first dr drummers that wasn't metal that highly influenced me. Right. Besides Neil Peart and. Sure. and uh, Phil Rudd, of course. Right, you know right. what I mean? What the, about the basics. Uh, I was like, wow, he, he's so progressive and awesome. And he's like, at the time, I was into Zill Bells and, mm -hmm. you know, like cop chimes and splashes and all that stuff. Right. And he was the total package. He had all that stuff. Right. And then it was in the song context, and he played within the song for the song, and it was right. very musical. And he was taking creative steps that I hadn't, didn't know could be done. So, right. it was, you know, it was pretty influential. I mean, it does make, because that's the other part, though, too, is even when I'm saying, like, these kind of riff-based 
drum beats. It didn't. Playing the guitar player. It never felt player. splashy. It never felt like showing off. Like there are definitely like I'll listen to these like tech bands now, and I'm just like, hey, there's not much of a song here. No, well, that's the thing. Uh, you're right about that. It's uh, to this point, it's a, it's an ability display of an ability right. and almost contest in right. a way, which is cool. I, I enjoy seeing it, but sure. I can't listen to it for too long. Like right. watching it's fun. Right. But uh, for me doing that stuff back then, the people that I played with, like Rob Martin from Discord and Saxis mm-hmm. and Steve Procopio, and even with Burnt by the Sun, John Adabata, those guys wrote the riffs that made me think differently mm-hmm. to be able to play that type of stuff. So right. it all comes from the guitar. Yeah. I mean, and how they, I mean, that's what I was saying with the New Jersey scene. Like, that made such you can, an impact You can on blame me. it, yeah, two ways. Sean Kelly for metal and then Keith Hawkins for hardcore. Right. That was right. The, the two biggest ripping corpse in Rorschach. Yeah. Everything kind of went both ways from right. there. It, it, for me, personally. Yeah. I mean, because other then it was just like, it was always, in my mind, it was like, I'm going to rip off a New Jersey band. Like, it would, it would be Rorschach, Human Remains. Discordance in there in my brain still, but time's up and burnt. Had about it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean time the time's up seven, which is great. <laughs> like the two like And then we did the Burnt by the Sun together, John and I. Yeah, exactly. And like burnt and that was a bit like, you know, and I love River Black. Like I thought that was oh, thanks. that was my favorite record of that year. Yeah. Uh, and but again with the a big chunk of it was just like, oh, like you're thinking about the drums in a completely different way. Like thinking about drum and like Right. And still, like, think, like you know. It's those guys that give me the ammunition to be able to think that way. Right. But even, and even with, like, you know, how was the kind of, did you consider, did you feel like Discordance was in the kind of power violence scene? Kind of, yeah. Power violence grind, you right. know, kind of road that, you know, straddled the line right. there. But at, with uh, back to Jersey bands and Discordance, same area, I think what you're talking about and what we, what we did I'm jumbling this up, mm-hmm. but like we're going to get on stage, and our goal is to murder all these other bands. Yeah, we want to smoke them all. Right, that's what the mindset was right. back then. I mean, that was in my mind. Whenever I watched, I was always like, "Oh, the Jersey bands are the bands that are going to possibly break something, <laughs> like, but combined with some tritone guitar part that is like interesting and odd. Like the, uh, but at the same time, in the dead guy, I think what's his name? Oh, now I'm blanking. He was in Human with you. Uh, long hair. Uh, oh, he Jim bass. He had a Baglino. Who? Jim Baglino yeah. played guitar in Human Remains, right. bass in Dead Guy, and then he went to do bass right. in Monster Magazine. Like him in Dead Guy was insane. <laughs> like yeah, Jim many, was crazy. Like I, rem- I have like uh, I, many times I saw them. It was insane. I'd be like scared, but then like. I have like one video of like just straight up him just like smashing someone with the bass body, like mid song, which was insane. Yeah. But it, that's what I was. I've like, known Jim since third grade. Oh really? Yeah, he's he's one of my oldest friends. I mean, he's, he lives here now, not far from oh, he here. Does? He's supposed to come tonight. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was. Thanks he for was, reminding me. I, I totally yeah, forgot. That's good to know. <laughs> I'm just here to serve my part for that. Yeah. <laughs> but that was it. Like I think like that's why there's also I see that kind of like. Because at the same time, there's this fucking real funny dead guy video of like, like the second lineup, but in Philly, and there's like the, all these guys like trying to fight them because they're not hardcore enough. But I was like, yeah, but it's so interesting. <laughs> like it's the most interesting stuff ever. Yeah. But that was also the same with Power Vons, where like I mean, someone like like Man's a Bastard was just like so complicated God. for no one really watching. Like I remember know, watching like, him at CBGB, and just it was like someone rolled a tank off stage and just crushed everyone it's just it was so unbelievable the first time there yeah i was blown away 
I, I mean, they, uh, but like that was like, you know, for me also like that Fiesta comp was such a big comp. So like, this is every band I like. Yeah, that was fun going out there. We did the, did that with Discordance Axis and with uh, Black Army Jacket. Oh, well. right, yeah, yeah. Fiesta comes alive. Yeah, so how was the Fiesta Grande shows? The That was the first time Discordance Axis ever went, and the only time I went to the West Coast. Right. And we played three songs straight right off the bat, and the roar was like nothing we've ever heard before. It was because we were in alien territory right. for that type of music that we were doing. Right. And we were like, holy shit, this rules. Yeah. And it just gave us, you know, stoked the flames and we just whizzed through that set. Right. It was great. I mean, I'll say even on the record, I would always be like, oh, Discordance might have probably been the best sounding. Like, just because, like, even those songs sounded great, there are other bands even on that comp, the Fiesta Grande Comes Alive, that I was like, yeah, it sounds like they're a little off that night. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it was like, oh, lack of interest vocals are really loud, but I think they're always really loud. <laughs> just on my life. Uh, we were easy. We were only three people, so right. there wasn't much to mix. Right. Which know? is such a, I mean, that's the other part. Like, I mean, do you have... Do you have any worst game related to just like sound dudes just like fucking you over at all? Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. your biggest thing is usually a language barrier. If you're yeah. different country, you're like try more and more, and then they shut it off, or they, or they <laughs> right. give you like ask for snare drum and they give you bass guitar. You know, yeah, it's it's always a constant challenge. And, sure, and I've learned to not lose my cool because it's just the way it's got to be. I just got to readjust and go by muscle me- mechanical memory and right. just power through it i just always have it's common now yeah i think that's you know you would get used to certain place like i was always amazed especially in panthers because i was like we're not that loud how many times we would have sound guys just like acting like what is going on here man just like how can you be so loud and i was like it's really not you you do this for a living like i don't understand unless you play this game with every band yeah switzerland we had a really hard time with mel banana Uh because there's the db limit there like 98 or something like that and mel banana was so loud (laughs) so loud i have ear damage ear damage from that I'm, i'm convinced and i remember i got a really getting into it with the sound guy like we had to turn down, turn down, turn down. He was like, "I feel like we were in practice room," because <laughs> like, you know, the, the PA was barely on. He was so pissed. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I mean, because I would always imagine too for drummers, it was like one of my. Le- uh, you played the Palladium, I think. Yeah, a few times. Uh huh. The fucking Palladium is one of my. I used to go to a lot of shows there, and I was always just be like, "What are you doing with the kick drum here?" Oh yeah. Like it, it, out front, it was the loudest thing that would ever exist, Ooh. and like Ooh. especially like yeah, metal fest would always just be like halfway through every band set, you'd be like, "I guess that's a sound I can deal with." Yeah. And that's like just the kind of the you know one of the problems of being the opening band or you know being on one of those multi bands. Yeah, you're the you're the experiment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the guinea pig. Did it feel great when you finally had like someone coming with you to just like at oh, least it's amazing. tone it in? Yeah, it's really cool because you develop a good relationship with that person and the connection's there and, and they know what you want and mm-hmm. vice versa. So it makes you real comfortable and not sweat as much. Right. But there's still going to be a problem no yeah. matter what. Right. Because you know? well, it's always going to be foreign equipment too. Yeah. Like, it's just like, how, why, there was why like, did you set this up this way? I used to freak myself out over that. I was like, oh my God, I can't play this because I don't have this many times or symbols and stuff like that. Right. It used to drive me insane. And then <laughs> one point I was just like, fuck it. I'll just change the drum fill for that part. The song's still <laughs> yeah. going to be the same. Why didn't I think of this years ago? <laughs> right. 
did you have a point where you shifted where you're like, maybe I can do the house kit? Yeah, I, I got over that and I learned, I was like, I got it in mind. I was like, I can use anything and make anything work. Yeah. And I did. Right. I, I can still use anything and make anything work. Right. And one time, the first time we went to South America, though, I was like, yeah, I'm not bringing anything. I can, I'm <laughs> fuck it. Because I was so sketched out of sure. stuff getting stolen. Yeah. And then in one show in Brazil, it was like one hi-hat symbol, uh, a floor tom with, with two legs, and <laughs> one symbol, a tom, a snare, and a kick. Right. I was like, oh, my God, man. This is, like, this is, this is a real challenge. The most bare-bones, fucked-up set yeah. ever. It worked, though. No, one, no one cared. It yeah. It was like the weirdest place, too. It was like a kitchen somewhere, right. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the other part. Then you're just like working again. Like, hey. Working against so many negatives in that case. Like, do, uh, do you have those times, too, where you're just like, fuck it? Like, tonight's the night. It might just not sound great. Yeah, I've disconnected monitors before. Yeah. Like, just, fuck it. I don't need it. I'm going to do better without it. It's right. only making me play worse and have a terrible experience. Yeah. So I just shut it off. And usually the sound man comes over and gets heated about it, and he's trying to communicate with me. And I'm just, like, trying to tell him, leave me alone. I'm good. Right. I'm just going to continue this way. Yeah, no hard feelings. Right. You know, let's just leave me alone. I'm going to keep doing this the way it is. I mean, I think monitors always, I, I'm, I've never got used to them. And yeah. it is always a shock to the sound guy. We're just like, you don't want anything? And then, it, then also my singer would get upset because I'm like, I don't need any vocals. But I was like, I'm going to get enough bleed. And like, I always prefer just hearing. I never have vocals ever. It, I mean, they're just. It just throws me off. Yeah. Like it's, I, I mean, because I don't know. Like, I know for us, like, we almost never practice with them anyways. So I'm like, well, I the think singer, I might know the songs. You know, well, half the vocals. time they're never going to sing all the words. Right. And then, like, or they're going to, you know, do it a different way. And, and you like, when you hear these foreign sounds <laughs> right. coming at you when you got everything memorized and dialed in, it's, right. it's a distraction. Or, God forbid, they let the someone in the audience sing. And oh, like, yeah. oh, you don't know the words. Yeah, and they're way louder than them. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Just, like, this was my chance. Yeah. Like, they think it's like the movie Rockstar. They're going to get up there and become the new singer municipal ways. <laughs> um, uh, going back to, like, just th- this is, like, something I always have associated with you, too, but thinking about kind of uh, ridiculous drumming, but also especially in these kind of smaller type bands. I don't know if you remember a Metal Maniacs interview or an article that you were in once. Long was, time ago when Mike Williams did um, the magazine? I think it was, and I got I like have it still. I want to find and see if he was editing at that time. But it was like it was just like it was about extreme drummers, like, and it was like I think, but they talked to like you, like maybe Mikey D, and like I the biggest thing that stuck out because it was at the time I was like a little bit younger. I think you were just like it was either you or someone else was saying the drummer from Three Eleven was really great, and then the Gene Hoagland. And, and Gene Hoagland was, but yes, and Gene Hoagland was. Gene Hoagland was saying and that the, the dude, dude three eleven was a groove monster. Yes, that's the exact quote. That's exactly. <laughs> I think about it all the time. Yeah. I mean, like, in, like any time three eleven comes up in conversation, I'll be like, you know, I've got this article where yeah, Gene Hoagland about. says it. Gene Hoagland thinks he's a fucking great. Yeah, because I remember that. I, right. right there with you. Right. I mean, but did you, was it you that called out the Dave Matthews guy? Carter Burford's a genius. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, God But damn. that was the energy of the article, which I loved, though everyone had that moment. Like, almost there was like a pull of jeans, yours, where it was just like, what? oh, but this guy's a fucking, come on. See, that's the thing. If you love music, you're going to recognize what's great right. to you. Right. I like everything. Sure. I find merit in everything. Right. If there's like one part 
if there's one part that gets me stoked on a band, I'm going to like that part. I'm not right. going to hate on it. Right. I just want to absorb as much shit as I can. And <laughs> I'm so happy you remember that Gene Paul. Because it it's the 311 one that stuck out the butt. The Dave yeah, Matthews it's a one, groove I was monster. like, yeah, I get it. But he's a fucking groove monster. Because my biggest problem is also like... I have a lot of issues with 311, but also that snare drum is just like a fucking ice pick in my face. Yeah. It's, Anytime it's, it's, it's just like, it's the it's, most. It's pretty high. Oh my God. It's just like, I, li- I remember getting an argument because I was like, fucking piccolos. And I'm like, it's not a piccolo, but it's too, and I was like, I, it's still annoying. It's probably fuck. a 12 or 13 or something, right. something like that. It's just, I mean, because that was also, that was a big thing in Connecticut. There would be these like mosh bands that would get the piccolo. I had one for I'm Human sure Remains. <laughs> Human Remains, what, we had was one. It, which band used it? Human Remains and Discordance Axis. I mean, Human Remains totally makes I sense. Called the, I recorded the Inevitable Dreamless with a piccolo. A piccolo. Oh, really? It was a, 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 a Mapex Bird's Eye Maple 13 by 13 by three and a half. Uh-huh. Fucking, it's, it, I mean, that combined with the Rototobs is just like. That was totally, for Human Remains, yeah. yeah. I know. And I loved it though. I loved it like I Turn was. Turn it like, up. But now in my brain too, I'm like, oh, that's her. Like in my mind, because yep. that's what I would always picture. With octobons. Primus. Right. I heard you Herb using octobons. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Try this. I mean, I, the, we would have these like terrible mosh bands that like had like no riffs, but the drummer would have a crazy piccolo. It's like this band one for one, like was just like way louder like than the, the band. Huh? Way louder than anybody. Oh in the my band. god! It was like that kick drum <laughs> I was talking about. It would be like. Dun, 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 boom, boom, like yeah. every single time uh-huh. and i was like i'm losing it whether it's a vfw hall or the fucking like the tune-in and then they mic it yeah it's like <laughs> can we get more yeah. can we get more pick in here uh uh in uh mentioning all these bands so did you ever have a band that did you ever have a band of the many bands you're in that you're like oh i thought we would do more with this or i thought this would go Anywhere, or was it always just the experience yeah, of the, that? The, the, one of the records I did recently, Publicist UK. I love that record. Yeah. I do too. I, mean, I love Zach. He's the, he was on our record. And love that guy. He's yeah. amazing. And Dave Obachowski, the main songwriter. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Writes great music. Zach's vocals are great on that record. It's amazing. Too. That's why I joined the band. Yeah. Because Brett, who plays in River Black, mm-hmm. was down at my house and we're working on stuff. And he was playing me the demos that him and Dave were working on, Obachowski. Right. And I was like, that's really cool. Hey, uh, you guys, you know, need a drummer? <laughs> right. And then, like, two minutes later, I was in the band. Right. And I was like, yeah, man, I love that record. I think it's great. I think the drum production could have been a little less extreme. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think the songs are great, and I love it. And I think it was just we were dealt a bad hand in, yeah. in what, the way, direction it was, it was pushed. Right. Do you think that's what it was, like, the biggest thing? Was it just, like, they are trying to get it to – was it trying to go to metal? Probably, I mean, yeah. and then there was, it was given to someone and there was problems with it and, you know, I'm not really a name namer. Right, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? As you should have yeah, there's, I am a lot of times, but whatever. There's some things that didn't really work out the way it should have and yeah. I thought, I thought we, uh, you know, it got shortchanged because yeah. I think it's a really good record. I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah. That's the one that's, I mean, that one and for me, like, I really love the Ibor 7-inch. Yeah, that's like, going to that come out all out. four songs. Oh, it's, it is? It's going to be released. Hyperrealist has been trying to do it for the right. last few years but pat always has so many sh- things going on uh-huh. keeps getting delayed right and then we had uh new cover art and all that jazz remastered by jim plotkin oh that's great yeah it sounds awesome i'm very psyched for that. i love that Ivor. me so too much. we tried we practiced like two or three years ago oh really we, we had it in our heads that we were going to play maryland fs and then uh-huh. nothing happened <laughs> 
Was that a band you thought would go, like, do something more with it? Or did it do the life that it would have done? No, like, a lot of the stuff we did early on in our early 20s, no one, like, we thought we knew what we wanted to sure. do, but we didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, here in Remains, when we split up, I remember Jacobson calling me the next day, relapse guy. He was like, hey, I got you guys on uh, main support for Napalm Death Harmony Corruption. You, you guys want to do it? And I was like, nope, we broke up. I was just like, duh, dumbass. You know, we would have totally, thinking back, we should have totally did it. I mean, but isn't that... Because that would have been the audience that we were that waiting for the whole advance, time. Right? Yeah. Like, you basically, like... It, it, like when they were huge. Most of my memories are like, why didn't we do that? Yeah. That was a bad move. Like, mm-hmm. little thing. Like, I still am like, was it joking up? I remember once getting an email like, to Orchid that was like, oh, Earache, like, wanted to talk to... And then, like, I think, like, Will and that word was like, nah. I That's did a record with Will. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love that, that thing came out great. Yeah. I was really happy with that. Uh, I mean, Will's the best. Yeah. Like, uh, and he's also a riff machine. He's yeah. great to be in a band because he literally would be like, here's your whole record. That's quick. Yeah, we banged, I banged that whole thing out in two days. Yeah. That's what we did a ritual mess record, which was three quarters of Orchids uh, and then two other dudes. And it literally was, I went up for the weekends. We yeah. wrote the whole album in two days and I came and did bass in half of a day. That's like, awesome. I was like, then maybe this is how all bands should be. Yeah, I didn't even man. see our singer. I did my homework. Yeah. He gave me the songs and I, I learned them. I mean, he's, and just he's also good like that, too. He's nice that he's got a studio and he can just kind of give it off. Uh, but yeah, there's just so many times that I look back, I'm just like, Ugh, why didn't we do that tour or this tour? And then it is, you know, even the way you're just like, oh, we were waiting for this tour and then we did it and then didn't do anything after. Yeah, there was a lot of waiting. With some some right. things like yeah 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 let's wait and we're gonna right. get this and they would never come around right. bl- blow this really cool opportunity for right. it but that is I mean that came up when I was getting interviewed on this other guy's podcast recently where because like it was like these two guys who were like comedians but didn't really know much about music stuff and there was a lot of just like what were you thinking like I was telling him about my life being in bands especially and I was like were you not thinking of this as like a career ever and, he, and I was just like I don't know I just did it. Like and like, but I think that's a big chunk well, of that. It was then. the same thing with me too. Yeah, this is what I love to do, and I'm going right. to do it. Right. I don't care about that other stuff. Right. That, but you know, when you get older, you realize that's. The, I mean, that's you got to have that shit. In, when in I hit forty, and I was like, oh, I'm married and I have child. Like I was like, oh, I maybe should have thought through that for both comedy and music. Mm-hmm. But that was it. Was like, I mean, still like mid thirties. Like I didn't even question that. I was just like, no. What, what do you mean? Like, you just go and do some temp work now and then because I need to pay for the in-between. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe I'll play some shit party, like, to fill in the gaps for these two weeks in, like, Eureka, California, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Uh, uh, but because that's also, like, they're, you know, it's so up in the air what will happen with the bands anyways. Like, it's totally out of your hands. Like, something like Publicis UK, where it's just like, what a great record. But, like, it's kind of out of your hand to some extent. You're just mm-hmm. like, well... Next deal. Yeah, and another thing is, you know, everyone involved with that band had other things pre-existing right. that are pretty busy. Yeah. Brett Which, Revocation, Mate Waste, right. and all the, all the other crap As that you I get do. older, too, that just becomes, like, yeah, you're a like, bigger hmm. problem. You, oh, sorry. Yeah, you're really going to weigh stuff out. Yeah. Well, because you also, like, everyone's so busy, and you do have, like, do you have, do you have moments with Waste or with any band where you're just like... I've done that one, or I've did that tour. <laughs> like you have those, like kind of like, oh, I don't feel like going out again. Like for this week, 
Not really. That's good. I really love going out and playing music and touring. Mm -hmm. It's like it's in my blood. That's what I'm here to do. Right. And I love every minute, of, every right. minute and second of it. I mean, sure, there's struggles here and sure. there, and there's stuff that you've done before. But right. for the most part, man, I'm consider myself pretty goddamn lucky that I'm still able to do it. Right. You know. I mean, I think that's very might fortunate. Right. I agree. I mean, I think this might speak to like, I'm guessing no, but. I, I think sometimes the death of like playing music can be this feeling that you're owed something. Like, did you ever have that feeling at any point with like bands, or were you just again were able to find the way to kind of keep trucking? It's like for me again, it was like I do realize now in retrospect after like years of therapy where I was like, nah, I was in these bands. I should this tour should be better. It was a lot of shoulds. Nah. This should be better, and it's but like you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, I don't have that. That's great. It's like. Fuck it, I'm gonna do this instead. I got right. some other stuff, you right. know. If this doesn't, I don't know. I have so many. I like so much music, and I want to play so much music. I always have. That's why I play in so many bands. Yeah, I play with. For the most part, I don't think I've done anything that really sounds the same. Yeah, I don't think so. Right, because I love to music, and I have so much in me. Right. To get out, and I can't all do it in one band, so I got to do it with something else. Right. Which again, it was just—it's the amazing part, and I do think speaks to what I was saying. You thinking about drums to me in a different way and kind of riff-wise, because like I can hear, as I'm sure most, but like I can hear the difference between your drumming in, not even saying like between a discordance or waste, but something like I like here's human remains. This is how you sound in discordance. This yeah, is well, how you sound gotta, I bore her. This you got to approach you it differently. Yeah, it's like I have this library of, of ideas that I take from different music and influence and stuff. Right. There was, I listened to a lot of hip-hop at one point, and right. I would be taking fills from hip-hop and put them into thrash and death right. metal. Right. Just like cross-categorizing where it doesn't make any sense at all, <laughs> right. but it works. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll do some shit with Publicist. When we did that record, I had a whole other approach. Mm -hmm. And then you'll find things that you can cross-pollinate. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, I can actually do this drum fill here in the slow part, and it'll work great in this fast part in another right. band at one point for fun right you know it's it's, it's really fun putting those, it's like a puzzle yeah do you are you good at being like i want to write this specific style i'm going to write in this style or because i'm saying for like going back to will yeah. i think will is amazing and one of the things he's amazing at is he can be like i'm gonna write a jay retard style record yeah and he will write like and you'll be like you did it Exactly. Versus, I feel like whenever I try to write songs, it always is like, I'm going to try to do this. Uh, I morphed it somehow. <laughs> this became something else. It's like, in my brain, I'm always like, I would love to be in a band that sounds exactly like Genesis. <laughs> like, but. Yeah, I, I couldn't do that either. That's, I can't pull it that And Like, that's like a drastic version of it, but. I need a platform to. I need something to work with, and then I mutate it and shape it. Right. Help, though, because right. it's not all me. It's. Yeah. The other side is the huge part of it. Right. Is there any genre like that you're like, oh, I would like to try that? I want to do a Power Lions record where I sing. I would love to hear that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people uh, tell me I sound like Joe from Infest or, or No For An Answer. I was just about to ask what what type of vocals would you pull? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what, I mean, I was like, are you going to do Lack of Interest? Armand Armin and I, sick of all, talked about doing a split record where he would drum and I would sing on one side and vice versa. Uh huh. Who knows? And maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. But right. We, we toured with them last, not this past summer, and one before. Right. The Warp Tour. And yep. God, we, I had no idea we had so much in common. <laughs> what a great guy. 
I think that is the nicest when you like. Again, when it would, like, I mean, that's also to me is the like that kind of shared language, mm -hmm. and, like the shared language of especially like punk hardcore and like metal and various subgenres. Mm -hmm. Like when you meet the person, especially when you met, when you're just like, I don't think they're anything. Like they're just like some dude. Yeah, they're you normal. Know? Yeah, and they're like, oh wait a second, we can talk. Yeah. It's like you know Chinese too. You get <laughs> like, past that hump. Right. I was like that with Danny for years, Danny uh -huh. Loker. Oh really? Yeah, I remember getting a phone call when I still lived with my parents when I was a kid. Uh -huh. David, there's a Danny Lilker on the phone for you? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> what? Right. Hey, man, you know, wondering if you had some time. You know, before they got rich, he called me to see if I would uh, drum on the record. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and uh, Human Remains had just got signed to Relapse. Uh-huh. And it was like, I want to do Human Remains. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't do it. Need to need <laughs> to control. I, I got my own band. I'm, this is what I want to do. Right. But he called me to play on Need for Control. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I think you would have done great on that record. It would have been but fun. But I'm glad you stuck with Human Remains. Yeah. Uh, was that right before you were going to record Using Sickness? Yeah, we were working on it. It was just what got the contract and all right. that stuff. And Dan's always been super influential. And my, my first stage dive was to Nuclear Assault at, at the Club Benet in 1986 for the Game Over record. Right. So nice. I always like kind of looked up to Dan, even though he's tall as shit. Sure. I've looked up to him many different <laughs> <Yeah>. ways. <laughs> yeah. Here is, this is, I was not planning to ask, but this is the stupidest, nerdiest question. But uh, on the Human Remains record, the Beyond Human Perception. Oh, that was supposed to fucking with everybody. Was it it's nothing? It's a dog whistle. Oh. That's it. I can't, I real well, so See, I have Beyond Human Perception. <laughs> and like, because like in like late 30s, I got like this genetic thing. Right. But now I'm also like, oh, could I not hear certain, like when that fucking Yanni whatever thing happened. Remember what the fuck? It was, it was a thing, it was like that dress. It was, oh, I can't remember. It was an audio yeah. thing where it was like some people were hearing Yanni, some people were hearing a completely different word. Yeah. And I was okay. going crazy because I could only hear Yanni. <laughs> right. But I realized it's because I legitimately can't hear fucking yeah, certain we, tones. Yeah, we did that to be funny. Right. I couldn't hear anything. Yeah, that was, that was the I point. Even when I was 16. <laughs> 15, I sat there and I was just like, what the fuck is it? And I was like, I think they're just fucking with it. Yep. But I'd have other friends who'd be like, no, nah, man, if you turn it up. <laughs> it was like this sub level Thanks, you just made like, my day. <laughs> it's, it, it worked years later. Amazing. Right. It was such, like, I was like, you're lying to me. I keep, yeah. I would sit there, like, manipulate the bass and the fucking treble. And I was like, maybe I just can't hear Yo, the fucking Beyond register. human perception. We were the worst, like, wise asses back then. <laughs> like, everything was solely for our entertainment. Right. I mean, but that's also... That's why we wrote crazy-ass music. We didn't give a shit if right. we liked it or not. I mean, that's a nice... I mean, I do think, like, it's sometimes, like, it's remembering that even as you get old and keep playing. <laughs> Great like, That's question. what it's fucking about. Like, uh -huh. that it's, like, it really is almost remembering of those moments when you're like, I really am just doing this for me, even if it means putting a fucking dog whistle that's fucking with people. Because that ends up being the best stuff. Like, when you're not kind of, like, uh, doing the math on, like, this is the thing that will work. Right. You know what I mean? You're just like finally just like, nah, remember when this was fun? It, it, uh, it was quite confusing. Mm -hmm. And just now it made me think of one of my favorite tour traveling memories. Uh -huh. Is You ever hear of Ryanair? No. It's really, really inexpensive, cheap-ass airplane. Oh, is it, airplane. Is it Ireland's one? Yeah. Yep. And it, at one point, they were trying to charge you 50 cents to use the bathroom on the plane. It was I remember that Totally shit. ridiculous. Yeah. So we took Ryanair from... Italy to Spain years ago and we're on the tarmac and there's two flights of stairs going up and we get on the plane and I'm like looking for my ticket like where's you know where where's my seat 
And I go, uh, you know, to the, to the lady, I was like, hey, I need some help. I can't find my seat number. And she goes, oh, sit wherever you want. And I was like, really? Uh, all right, cool. It was like a free-for-all. Right. You just get on the plane. There's people going nuts, putting stuff away, screaming kids, this, that, the other thing. And I'm sitting down. And then over the, the, uh, the PA, you hear from the captain, we're about to take off. Feel free to have a seat. And we're like rolling. Feel free down. to have a seat. Yeah, rolling down the, the you know, yeah, the, the airstrip. Yeah. And people are still standing, putting stuff away, like still walking around. And I died laughing. I laughed so hard out loud because it was so ridiculous. And people looked at me like I was weird. Right. <laughs> I'll never forget that experience. Did they even bother with the flight attendant speech? No. Perfect. You all know how a seatbelt works. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was like, holy shit, we're actually rolling. People are still standing, putting stuff away, like holding kids. Feel free to have a seat. I mean, also kinds of show you that probably a lot of those rules are bullshit anyways. But It was weird, man. It was funny. So I'll never, ever forget that. I swear someone told me recently that they were on a Southwest flight where they they just had a bench. Like that, it was just like, yeah. just like a seatbelt that went across like four people. Dude, that's and brutal. It was like, get out of here! Like, I swear, man, it was super cheap seats. Yeah, that's that's, that's one way to put it. Um, I mean, that's it. I in all this uh, amazing terribleness, but also amazing great stories for me at the very least about. Thanks, about, I had a great time. Yeah. Uh, oh, I also, I just have to ask, this is a very quick question. I swear to my best friend, I would ask, he wanted me to ask you, what is your favorite craft beer? Oh, you picked I picked one. That's really hard. Uh, if I'd go with the beer that changed my life. What is that? Did, uh, Didola, it's a Belgian brewery, the smallest first independent craft brewer in 1980, makes a beer called Stillnacht. Okay. And they release it once a year. It's a Belgian Golden Strong. It's beautiful. Changed my life. When I went to record the Exit 13 stuff with Bill down at his house, mm-hmm. I didn't drink. And he was like, do you want some beer? I was like, nah, I don't drink. And, you know, I didn't really, you know, I had tried it. Sure. But I, I wasn't like a drinker yeah. or anything. He's like, oh, but you have to try some of this stuff. Because Bill talked like that. He was yeah. like so grandiose <laughs> about everything. He opened up the refrigerator. I'll never forget it. It was like opening up the Ark. <laughs> like ah, like all these beautiful, vivid, colored you know labels and shit that I've never even seen before. Right. He's like, well, you got to try this. You know, you might like it. And I drank it, and I go, holy shit, this is beer. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm sign me up. I'm in. And right. I've been nuts about beer ever since. Oh, That's the beer that turned me. That feels like I mean, as a forty-year-old, still non-drinker, straight edge, that scares me. It was but also, great. maybe one day I'll just be like, "Oh, what have I been doing all this time?" There's a beer Sorry, for every. Wife. There's a beer for every occasion. Right. That's what, that's what my best friend tells me. That's why I wanted me to ask that question. That uh, so this was awesome, but we we always end it with one final question. Uh, what do you think of the word gig? Gig. Yeah. I get to go play one tonight. <laughs> That's perfect answer. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Thank you so much, man. This Thank you. I had a great time.